Hi, I'm Sarah Shea. And I'm Strangely Duesberg. Welcome to the Pilot House. A podcast where we watch all the shows we missed the first time around. And try to figure out where the heck they were going with this. Sarah. Yes, Strangely. What do you know about Orphan Black? Oh boy. Um, there's a there's a bunch of a lady and weird stuff happens. <laughs> Yeah, sci-fi. I wish. <laughs> no, no. I'm sorry. My my absolute personal headcanon on this now is that that was the pitch meeting. <laughs> it's like there's the there's the executive sitting there, and then the the young hotshot writer who's been recruited <laughs> because he wrote like one great sketch for like you know almost live in Seattle gets like thrown through the door and they're like you know it's like the Hollywood whirlwind it's like all right and of course you're gonna write things and here you are pitch something and he's like uh there's a bunch of a lady here's the thing are these a, is there a bunch of clones are they a bunch of identical quadruplets uh is it a shapeshifter I think it's not one lady who takes many forms I think there's a bunch of people but that I clones I do not know the answer there yeah, so... I, I've seen the same actress with a bunch of different hair. Yeah. From say. So it's alias. I also think I've seen two different versions of the lady talking to each other. That's why I think it's... I think it's not one person in different realities or one person who's a master of disguise or whatever. I think there's more than one actual right. sentient creature who so. looks... Is played by the actress who was on Comedy Bang Bang one time, but other than that, I can't remember her name. She was very funny on Comedy Bang Bang. So I listened to an episode of Nerdist, and the actress who plays all of these bunch of a ladies yeah. was on it, and it was my favorite kind of uh, interviewing someone about Thing podcast, yeah. because they spoiled literally nothing of the show, but just talked about the craft of making the show and yeah. her experiences making the show, uh, which was great. What you said is absolutely it, she plays a bunch of different characters yeah. who all look the same. But as far as the reason or explanation as to why, I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, cool. My, the, the, I remember seeing a, a trailer for this uh, in th- movie theaters. Yeah. Uh, similar to my like vague recollections of having watched a trailer for Dark Angel like mm-hmm. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh Back in, when did this come out? 2000 something? I feel like it's teens. Like 2010 or later? Yeah, 2010, 2011. I vaguely remember it like... Early early teens? I want to say the premise of like the pilot of this is something like uh, there is a dead Jane Doe and then detective in charge of investigating it is like, it me. Or something like that where it's like, this woman oh. ends up seeing a, a a person dead or murdered or something who looks just like her. Yeah. And that begins the that's the first thread that is pulled in this mystery. That's the first orphan. But other than that, like I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't. Which I'm actually really excited about. I know yeah. it's vaguely sci-fi and that there are a lot of a lady. Yeah. One of the things that makes me very uncertain what I know or what I think I've heard about this show is that the first handful of years I was hearing people talk about it, I feel like I would also mix it up with Black Mirror, 
which I think I've gotten them sorted out in my brain now. Black Mirror is the one that's more of like science Twilight Zone. Right. It's like technology Twilight Zone. And Orphan Black is like more of an actual show right. with a storyline and everything. But I'm not sure how much of what I think I know about Orphan Black is because when people would mention Black Mirror, I would think they were talking about this show. So I, I think they're sci-fi and it's a bit dark. Right. But I don't know how much of that was coming from this other show. So, yeah, my my impression of Black Mirror is it's it's what if the horrible things that your parents think about technology is real? Yeah, <laughs> the worst possible like baby boomer version of yeah. Well, let's let's go check this out and, yeah. and see if Orphan it. is the new Black. Oh, oh no! <laughs> I think it's really funny. I just want to say that. Your introduction to hearing about the show really was hearing the actress, who's neither of us can think of her name, was on Nerdist, and my introduction was hearing her on Comedy Bang Bang, mm -hmm. another podcast. And though yours, totally different podcasts, though yeah. really, like with Comedy Bang Bang, the thing that grabbed me about her was not the interview portion, but it's in the, the second half of the podcast where they do characters and they do weird stuff. Mm -hmm. A lot of times the person who has been the celebrity guest in the first half kind of hangs back and just watches the weird stuff right. happen with the improvisers. But she was like, no, I want to play a character. Like, she didn't even play herself. Like, she yeah. made up a character on the fly and started, like, getting in it. I, I think they did one with her and one of the guys from the show who, for some reason, I can remember his name. I think it's Christian Brun mm -hmm. or Brun. And both of them were great, like really game for the improvisation and really funny. So that's that's the thing that more than anything else makes me want to watch the show. I just wanted to get that in there. Yeah. Sorry that I, I added that after we had a hilarious little ending. So, you can edit it. You can do magic. I'll, I'll edit it. Yeah. Uh, I think she might have actually won an Emmy for playing some of the lot of the ladies. At least one of the ladies won her an Emmy. <laughs> Which one? We'll find out soon on Orphan Black. Hacker music. I don't know. All right. So we just watched the first episode of Orphan Black. Although yeah, I feel like you can't even call it a pilot. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Like yeah. My hot take is that that doesn't really feel like a pilot. It no, not at all. feels more like the first episode of like a Netflix Mm -hmm. show. A show that knew it was already going to happen when they shot that first episode. Yeah. I didn't look into whether that was true because when you've only watched the first episode of something, looking up too much information about it online uh, can, you know, there there be spoilers. Yeah. I did go look up that uh, it wasn't one of those things where the first two episodes aired back to back on the first night. I wondered about that. I did check that. on that. It, that. You waited a week. For whatever happened okay, next. Okay, I did wonder. But at any rate, to recap, this is uh, Orphan Black, a Canadian show that aired on BBC America. It uh, ran for five seasons from 2013 to 2017. It is completed now. Or at least done. <laughs> yes. Completed. Shall we move on to how wrong we were? Yeah, let's do it. As far as we know, not at all, right? Yeah, I... I was, in the What We Know, I, I did say that I thought it was a detective investigating oh, yeah. a, a death. Which, close. It was close. There is a detective, and there is investigating of a death, but it wasn't like she finds the body, and that's how the case starts. And she goes, but it me. Yeah, that was not. So yeah, you were, like, close, but yeah. n not quite right with that. There is a detective, but the detective is the one who's dead. 
Yes. So that, I think, was the only thing that we know right now that we were wrong about because very little is actually (laughs) clarified, which is why I wouldn't call it a pilot. I feel like if it was a pilot, they would have uh, revealed more of what, like, this is what the show is about. There was, yeah, there was no establishing of any kind of day-to-day status quo. Yeah, absolutely not. Or which, even, we, we still don't know what the orphans are. Right. Which, I mean, this this uh, this could be a show that was designed with a, you know, a 12 episode. The seasons are 10 episodes. Yeah. So a 10 episode arc for season one, you know, more like a, a Netflix or something type show. Sure, yeah. Because this was, like, I feel like 2012, 2013 was where we all kind of started to be like, oh, this is, this binging thing. Yeah. Is a thing. Like, I feel sure. like it's a, like, I don't know, you know, I mean, there was stuff before that, but there was a time about 2011, 12, where even network television started to be, started to have more threaded elements because they knew that people well, would be able to catch up on Long TV before streaming and binging actually became a thing, DVR was a thing and people started yes. to be able to record things and, and like bank a couple of episodes to watch together. Yeah. So that was sort of the predecessor to that, so... So the amount of, of hand-holding required was, you know, it, 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 as, as opposed to when you had a show like Twin Peaks, which was a long, continuous story, mm-hmm. the, even something like that still had a lot of, like, reestablishing status quo and getting you up to speed per episode. But yeah. this just feels like we're just going to be off. We're apparently just thrown yeah. right into the mix. So our one-sentence description of the show, as presented in the pilot, is this. And I'm going to start it with the actress's name since we both completely forgot it. Tatiana Maslany plays a tough but down-on-her-luck young woman who sees her exact double commit suicide and attempts a spot of identity theft to steal the other woman's money, then finds herself embroiled in a deeper mess than she ever could have imagined. Bum-bum-bum-bum. <laughs> I mean, really, that's about all we get. It's just like, there's a lot going on. I would have needed uh, at least three or four sentences to get into any more detail yeah. than that. That it's it's essentially the first act of a, a Hitchcock movie, a la North by Northwest or something like that, where it's just like yeah. a protagonist that we kind of get to know a little bit is just kind of thrown into a series of increasingly like difficult situations. Yes, yeah. there are at least three elements of the show that I feel like any one of those could have been a whole show. Yes, and this one was like, but why not both? Let's talk about this episode. We begin with the main character, who you hilariously forgot the name of, because it's me. In my defense, she does spend like half the episode pretending to be someone else. Yeah, and being I know. called a different name. I know. <laughs> I still, I jokingly, strangely was like, hey, you watched the episode more recently than me. Can you run the names by me so I just remember who everybody is? And I was like, oh, do you need me to remind you of the main character's name? <laughs> How absurd. You would surely remember that her name is Sarah, since that is also my name. But I guess that's more notable to me. Yeah. I think that's funny that I never, I didn't know that. When someone first calls her Sarah, I'm like, oh, I can't believe, I'm surprised nobody... Like, I don't know, just mentioned it to me at some point. I would have, if I'd ever heard the character's name, I would have remembered that. Right. Also, in the, like, the one of the first scenes, she's got describing how her life is really messed up to her. Her best friend, Felix, sort of swishy, uh, fabulous artist, uh, extremely gay artist extremely character. Gay. Um, she's mentioning to him how kind of her life is messed up and says, 
you know, and they're they're both uh, English. She says your your average is Sarah Sh- Sarah Shite show or something like that. And I thought she said Sarah Shay, and I was like, hold on, rewind. Her name cannot possibly also be anything that re- even if her last name even vaguely resembled mine, surely somebody would have mentioned this to me at this point. Anyway. Uh, she is definitely, her life is not going super great. No, she has kind of like a two-time loser kind of vibe. Yes, absolutely. Like someone who's always scheming and, and maybe a little underhanded. Not necessarily like full-on, like, you know, bank robber, criminal type, but like shady. A little shady. Well, the very first scene is her in a train station, which, where is this show set? Did you actually feel like you got... I was not clear if it was supposed to be set in Canada or the U.S. I, yeah, I'm getting like the, I I got like the vaguely North American vibe in the same way that... The money and the IDs, when we saw, which we only saw in moments, I went, well, that looks Canadian to me. But it's when she's in the train station, there's like a train to New York leaving. And I'm like, can you just take... It wasn't like a, it it looked less like a, I guess, do they have trains? Not like Amtrak. It looked more like a subway type. Yeah, I mean, situation. I I got the vibe I got was that this was filmed. This was like Toronto or or Quebec or something. Quebec, Quebec. Or at least, but it, a vaguely Canadian big city. Yeah, it's that same kind of vibe as Lost Girl, where it's you know filmed in Toronto, but it it's never speci- it did it was never specified like. I work for the Toronto PD or anything like that. Nobody, they don't show the CN Tower or anything. Yeah, it's just like a vague pan North American city. Yeah, but when when pressed to show an ID or any cash, it's Canadian. Yes. Although I don't know if that's what a Toronto ID looks like, so maybe they also made those look different, so it looked like a different city. But when I first heard train to New York, I went, oh, okay, so it's set on the East Coast somewhere near New York. That was what I read from that. And then I saw the money and the ID just briefly. Not close enough to see, like, oh, there's a queen on that money. Clearly Canadian. Just enough to know that's not green. And I went, oh, wait. Is this, like, more sci-fi than I realized? Is this set in, like, a made-up future city? But nothing else about the episode read futuristic. So I was like, wait, maybe it was just Canadian money and I didn't recognize it. Listeners, tweet at us if we're idiots who don't know what Canadian money looks like. She is getting off this train, notices this other woman sort of pacing around the train platform. She makes a phone call to someone and it has a vague conversation and the person hangs up on her. We find out later this is her calling the woman who has been taking care of her daughter and asking to see her daughter and the woman clearly is like, uh, no. Yeah. You're a deadbeat mom, go away. Mm -hmm. She sees this woman and something about this woman catches her eye even though she doesn't see her face right away. And she starts walking towards this woman who's behaving sort of strangely. She takes her shoes off. The woman is very distraught. Like, you you kind of hear her crying a little bit. She's pacing, sort of, like, putting her hand to her forehead. Then she takes her shoes off, takes off her jacket. She's dressed in sort of, like, business casual. She takes off her jacket, folds it, and lays it on the ground next to her shoes, which is, and sets down her purse. All of this is sort of odd behavior. Then she turns around, looks Sarah in the face, and it's the same actress. It's they, they look very different in terms of their makeup and hair and sort of how they carry themselves. But while Sarah is clearly like, the fuck is happening, this woman just looks at her and goes like... <sighs> of course. Barely, re- barely reacts. Yeah. But if there's any reaction, it's very like, whatever. Like, ugh, again. Oh, 
sort of with this. Oh, no, it's an, another one of these. But she doesn't go like, ugh, not this again. She barely reacts, immediately walks away, and just walks right in front of a train. Yeah. Just pow. Yeah. She just, she doesn't, she, she doesn't look like she's like waiting for the right moment to jump. She just walks right in front of it. It happens very suddenly. It's the first moment of like, oh, crap, what's going on in the show? Which there are several moments like that in the show, but this was definitely the first one. Which then you know, there's all this confusion of the of people, the people are running. Stop the, the train! People ah. are trying to look under the train to find the woman, see if she's dead. And in that confusion, Sarah grabs the woman's handbag and takes off with it. Yeah, which on one hand is sort of reasonable considering that she just saw someone who looked like her twin. Uh, and she wants to know what the hell that's all about. But also, she's a bit of a grifter, we find out. Yeah. Very small time. Uh, definitely not a con artiste or anything. Yeah. Uh, we then see her going through the purse, finds a woman's ID, confirms for herself that, yeah, that wasn't my brain doing a weird, that this woman looks exactly like me, but has a you know, totally different name. Um, the woman has two cell phones. Two cell phones. Uh, weird. One of the few moments of this show, this show really did not hold your hand. Yeah. Uh, or overstate things to make things clear. But for some reason, in that moment, she goes, two cell phones? She says it out loud, and I went, yeah, we can see that. <laughs> Didn't need to say that yeah. out loud. That felt like the kind of thing, like a a, a, a network note. Like, uh, have her in voiceover say two cell phones when people really notice that's what's happening. It's not a cell phone and a PDA. Like, who the doesn't even exist but yeah. anyway um she then you know some cash whatever she finds in the wallet i think that's a, or that's about it yeah um she then goes and meets up with her best friend felix so she gay friend who also we find out is her foster brother they're both raised in foster care mm-hmm. so when she says she catches him up on what she's been up to um, which is, she had another dust-up with her shitty ex-boyfriend. She basically says, like, well, I hit him this time. You know, yeah. kind of implying there's a is a mutually uh, abusive relationship. And she says she stole a bunch of drugs from him on her way out. She has, like, a brick of coke. coke. Yeah, and she's asking Felix to try and sell it. And he's like, that's... Yeah, he clearly acts like this is a thing he has done before, but not something that's just usual for him, and he really doesn't want to. But she's like, "Please, I need this so we, I can, I can get Kira, her daughter." And Felix is kind of like, "You dumped her. Oh, you, you, you gave her to Mrs. S. Something along those lines, Mrs. Initial." And this may not be clearly stated in the episode, but the vibe I got is that Mrs. S. is the person who raise the two of them or has like some sort of I wondered that too but when we see her towards the end she doesn't look old enough that's true she doesn't look more than 10 years older than the the two of them but she has some sort of like authoritative connection to the two of them I I got this the way they they keep invoking her Mrs. S S. they never heard her by her full first name they don't view her as a peer yeah definitely but uh, basically says you know you, you gave her to Mrs. S to stay overnight and then you were gone for 10 months. So, like, you can't just swoop back in and expect everything to be okay. Like, this is a problem. And Sarah's being very like, no, it's, just, it's fine. As soon as I get some money, I'm going to get Kira and everything will be fine. I'll, I'll fix everything. Um, and she says us. You know, she definitely is suggesting, like, you and me and Kira. Yeah. She and Felix clearly have a very deep 
connection that arguably would be even deeper than blood siblings might have. Then she goes, oh, by the way, something else weird happens. <laughs> I saw someone look like my exact double, and then they jumped in front of a train. And he's like, his reaction is, ew. Yeah. And then he goes, oh, wait, this, you know, did you, what did you, did you find out, you know, like, what, what, who is she? And then Sarah pulls out the purse, and he's like, oh, great, you robbed her corpse. But then he's basically going like, well, this could be the answer. This could be the answer to where you came from. I mean, every yeah, foster yeah. kid wants to know right. where they came from, and this could be it. You know, this woman is probably related to you. So then, I think after that, she's like, basically, just sell the coke and we'll be yeah. in touch. Uh, then she goes, I think then she goes to... The flat of the, the flat, woman who... Whose name is Beth, Elizabeth yeah, Childs. She goes to her apartment, very nice, or house, I wasn't clear. It's like a townhouse. Townhouse, I think, yeah. yeah. Very nice place, clearly. Um, she goes in, conveniently nobody else is there. There's a flight itinerary on the fridge with a post-it note that says, see you Saturday, love Paul. So the partner is away, gives her a little bit of time. Uh, she basically looks through, all this time she's getting texts on both of the phones. Yeah. On the one phone that looks a little more like nicer. Normal person. Normal like person phone. Phone she gets She get, keeps getting texts from someone in art being like, where are you? What's going on? The pink phone, which is a little bit smaller, it's a neon pink case. It it looks more like a burner. She keeps getting texts from an unknown number that she has not named in the phone, uh, which is also similarly like, what's going on? Where are you? I'm here. I'm here. Okay, going back to hotel. Call me later. That yeah. kind of thing. Um, she's ignoring all of this. Uh, the whole, throughout most of the first part of the episode. She then kind of looks through this woman's stuff and learns a bit about her. She's American, mm -hmm. as opposed to Sarah is English. She's a runner. Uh, she sees some pictures of her, like, winning a marathon or some crap like She's that. She's, like, more outdoorsy, like, yeah. hiking with the, the boy. With the boyfriend. Yeah. Lots of pictures of the couple together. Um, and she also finds some paperwork. She calls Felix and says, like, dude, I just found some paperwork that uh, apparently she's got 75 grand. Oh, yeah, in a, in in a, a savings, savings account that she just set up a couple of days ago. Yeah. That's not suspicious at all. Right. So she basically says, like, I could get this money, and that could be enough to, you know, like, set us up for life. Yeah. So they come up with kind of this scheme that Felix is going to report the that dead body is Sarah. Yes. Because since she took the the purse, which had the wallet and the phone and everything, this woman... Oh, they see they see a report, which Felix saying, they're going to identify this woman. Someone will probably identify her, and then yeah. the jig is up. But then they uh, she sees, conveniently, the TV is on already. And at that exact moment, classic TV stuff, she goes, hang on. And a news report goes, an unidentified woman was killed today by jumping in front of a train. And she's like jackpot they haven't identified yeah. her i can pretend to be her just long enough so she starts watching she finds like some home movies of this woman and starts doing you know learning to do her voice and her accent she practices the signature and she pulls off this whole thing so meanwhile felix is going to identify her body and says oh this is her this is sarah i don't know if he says her last name um, and that see the scene at the morgue, the the, the mortician, 
is like just kind of this like awkward sort of nerdy kind of like guy. Yeah. And Felix starts flirting with him. Not like really hard, not like obviously. Just, but like, just like probably this is his ambient flirting level yeah. kind of for everyone. He's he's got that sort of vibe about him like he's always kind of flirting with people. I, it's just <laughs> it, I don't know why it just like it felt really nice and like lived in. Yeah. For the for both characters that the mortician wasn't like Ew, gross, not into dudes, but also not like, oh, yes, I am also gay and will give you the keys to everything. Yeah. It was just like... I am also... And, or, or like, I am also similarly squishy. Yeah. Like, he just, he's like, you know, he acts, he reacts very strangely to seeing the body uh-huh. because he's more reacting. He's not saying, oh my God, this is my loved one. He's like, ooh, a dead body, but also how weird she does look exactly. Yeah. This is the first time he's seeing the body and yeah. realizing... She wasn't kidding. This woman looks exactly like her. So he's having this very strange reaction. And the mortician is like, it can be very difficult. You can lean on me if you need to. And feels like, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> sort of puts his hand on his shoulder. And then, uh, anyway, they, they, they have a nice little funny moment where the mortician offers, if you need to talk to someone, you know, maybe over a drink. Yeah. <laughs> and he says something like, are you an odd duck or something like that? It's like hitting on someone in the same room as their dead uh, foster sister. It is a fun little moment. I forget the exact order because things kind of start moving really fast once yeah. the plot gets going with the, the trying to get the 75 grand and everything. Mm-hmm. But at some point, Felix has a, a dude over and like to try to sell him the coke or to yeah. be the guy, to be his go-between to sell the coke or whatever. They and, have a bit of a, yeah, they've, a tumble. They've very clearly just finished having sex. Yeah. And, and the guy's like, I can give you very small amount of money. Yeah. And he's like, oh, come on, for the Coke and a roll in the hay? You yeah. can do better than that. And then someone starts pounding on the door, like, aggressively, like... Angrily, yeah. And I was just like, oh, God, like, I don't want to go here. Like, this is going to be, like, some homophobic violence or, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's, it's Vic, which Sarah's, like, shitty guy yeah who, who has, does like, not look how you'd expect no. i love the casting of that actor he I he's just, not a physically imposing guy he's he's fairly short yeah um and just he's not like dangerously handsome or anything like you might expect a tv show to go with with like this is the ex that she keeps going back to even though yeah. it's abusive he's just sort of a like sort of a weasley little guy yeah i, I mean i loved him he was great but it was definitely and Not what you expect, and I, I appreciated that. He has a very similar kind of two-time loser vibe to to uh, Sarah. Yeah. In that he, I think he fancies himself more of a tough guy, criminal, underworld type, even though he's he's such small time. Yeah. So he sort of, like, does this half-hearted attempt to, to like, he he's like, get out to the, the Felix's visitor or whatever, and the guy yeah. leaves. And then he's, like, half-heartedly, like, roughs up Felix, but it's more of, like, shaking him by the shoulders. Yeah. He's trying to be threatening, but what he isn't threatening is, you stole from me, or she stole from me, and that's a problem. He's saying, I'm on the hook to someone more dangerous, yeah. you know. And and then, like, they kind of, and then he, somehow Felix convinces him that he hasn't seen her and he doesn't know about the coke or whatever. And there's that, this is like, again, it's one of those moments that makes the world feel a little lived in. Vic is, like, standing in Felix's kitchen, and he's like, okay, okay. Then he sees an apple sitting on the counter and he picks it up and he's like, can I have this? Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> that was so e- good. eating it as he leaves. 
he, he actually bothers to ask. Yeah. Where instead of being the tough guy that he's trying to be who might take the apple and eat it as a power move or whatever, he's like, can I have this? And Phyllis is like, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah, it definitely adds to the layer of like, he's definitely not as badass as he's pretending to be. And it, it actually made, I mean, not like... The, the show is full of that's the easiest to point to one but the show is full of these like little moments like that for Felix for Vic and for Sarah where they're just like they're these little endearments where they're not necessarily nice upstanding people mm-hmm. but they're human yeah they feel very human in sort of the fact that there's these contradictions and and that they have sort of lives that wrap into each other yeah uh I also just I, the fact that the person pounding down, the gay guy's door yeah. was just like looking for someone like that. It, that his gayness never enters into the drama that's happening to him. Yeah. There's never a moment where someone's like, I should have known fucking fairy would, you know, like there's never anything like that. Yeah. Nothing. I really enjoy that about the, this episode. Yeah. I mean, I might have to eat crow pie in two episodes. It might be a whole like anti-gay rally or something, yeah. but, uh, but just that whole, the way that whole scene played out, like constantly overturning uh, expectations for yeah. how something like that would play out on like a TV show usually. Yeah, no, that was, was good. I think, yeah, and I think that scene does happen before the morgue because then after the morgue, once they've officially been like, we are going with the story that Sarah is dead, we see Felix back in his apartment, which is fabulous. And I, I don't mean fabulous in just like a gay way. It is fabulous in a no artist in a big city can actually afford a loft this beautifully it's brooklyn brick loft it's perfectly bohemian he's got like a crazy neon sign on the wall or something like that it's i love that set and i hope it continues to be a part of the show forever forever is t knight or whatever the fuck his name was in that show maybe it's like his old apartment and it's really cheap because there was there was vampire shenanigans happening there we haven't gotten there yet don't get a hold of yourself son (laughs) but at any rate, it's it's a it's an awesome apartment. He's in his apartment painting, or you know, putting the final touches on a, a clearly finished painting, as we always see in television, of Sarah with X's over her eyes. Yeah, uh, it's like a it's a bit of a collage, like it's a photo of her. Anyway, then Vic, the 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 classic Vic pounding on the door happens, and Felix kind of prepares himself for the role, answers the door, kind of distraught, and Vic's like, "Where the fuck is she? Where's Sarah?" And he's like. She's dead, Vic. And Vic's like, bullshit, I don't believe it. And he's like, I just identified her body, okay? She's dead. He's like, bullshit. He's like, here's her death certificate. And he's like, it's fake. Anyway, we cut then to the only way apparently to convince Vic was to take him to the morgue and show him the body, which conveniently does look exactly like Sarah. Except that their hair is a bit different. But he's clearly not thinking about her hair being slightly different when he's looking at the face of of someone he yeah, and her, used to quote-unquote love. Her face is banged up. Like, there's lacerations and things. It's not like yeah. she's, like, a perfect, pristine... Yeah, like, but she's also not unrecognizable. It's yeah. very easily, like, oh, wow, this is definitely her. He he then is, like, weeping and, like, putting his head down on her chest and, like, sobbing and be like, oh, you're so beautiful, or something like that. He's completely flipped from that fucking bitch, I'm gonna kill her, to, right. oh... <laughs> sweets for the sweet like he is completely switched over to uh you know oh no what was lost which is very funny we also it, this is another different side to vic than yeah. we than his tough guy uh persona that we saw in the first few moments 
of him being uh, in the show. So after that, sort of, I think we go back to Sarah. Yeah. Concur. Meanwhile. Yeah. Sarah uh, has gone to the bank and successfully passed herself off as Beth and done a withdrawal yeah. of the money. But she's put in a request. Yeah, there's like a, a couple day waiting period. The guys like we don't that. we don't have that much in cash. I could yeah. do a cashier's check. She goes, Stephen. You know, eye contact, first name, tossing the hair. Is there something I could do to put a rush on that? You know, twenty four hours. The funny thing too here is that she walks into the bank and says like, oh, I have an appointment with the manager. And then he walks up and goes, Beth, good to see you. And she's like, Yeah, like shit. This is. Uh, immediately a level of complication she wasn't expecting. This guy has actually yeah. met her. Yeah. This is the guy who helped her set up the account. You know, a stroke of bad luck again for this three-time loser. Uh, and she, he says, like, how'd you do on your last charity run? And this is a, the first example of something that I noticed throughout the show is that she is not a very good liar. No, actually. she's a horrible she's liar. She's not. A, she, she refers to this whole thing as a con or a job or something like that she used a term that made me think that she thinks of herself as a bit of a grifter but she's clearly not very good at it because someone asks you how did you do your last charity run and you just go oh great yeah and not go into details she goes i don't know yet it's like wow immediately like presumably she doesn't know if he's asking how did you do on the run like how fat what was your time or how much money did you raise because you were running this charity run so a vague, oh, really great, it went well, is much safer than I don't know yet. If yeah. he was asking her time, she would know. I immediately went, what a weird... And then when she sees he's got a bunch of trophies and she's trying to go, how, how can I speed this up? She goes, maybe I could sponsor your next charity run thing. Girl, just leave thing off. And it would have sounded a lot more like a thing Beth actually would have said. I don't know. It was like adding thing immediately. It's like when someone in a cartoon goes... Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When they're obviously definitely. Like, oh, yeah, I was definitely there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that is the truth. So, dis- despite her own ineptitude, yeah. she's managed to to get start the wheels grinding on getting the money. And as she's about to, or goes back to Beth's house. Yeah. And as she's about to walk up the steps and go in, a police car pulls up. Well, she also sees she sees this black mysterious car across the parking lot or whatever flashing its brights at her. She barely has time to go, what's that all about? Police car pulls up. And the police officer's like, get the fuck in the car. Like, where the hell have you been? Yeah. Today, she's like, it's today, yeah. you idiot. He's saying all these things like, what have you been? I Get in the car, you're late or whatever. And she's like, saying, uh, what's all this about? And he's like, come on, get in the car. And she's like, what, what are the charges? And he's like, don't fuck with me. He's like, like get in the car, detective. He calls her I detective. Don't, I don't think he calls her detective at that point. I think it's when she gets to the PlayStation, she's because she's like, oh shit. When they get to the PlayStation, that's when she realizes, oh, this is this just amped up. I think it's when she walks in. They get to the the, the PlayStation. He strong arms her into the building. He says like, oh, he says a bunch of stuff like, where have you been? I wanted to go over it one more time. And you're sitting there going, is this is there gonna be some kind of heist? You still don't know what it is. Yeah. And he's saying, I was gonna go over it one more time. Are you ready? Do you, do you, are you ready for this? Do you know what you're doing? Like, he asks all these questions about, like, are you ready? Do you know? Are you prepared? And she's like, yeah. She glances at some paperwork conveniently in his car and sees Detective Arthur something and goes, Art, I'm fine. She puts it together. Yeah. She's seen these texts from Art. But 
when he gets her into the police station, she definitely has like a look of, oh no, oh no, this is getting worse and worse. Yeah. And then someone addresses her as detective and her face is very much like, fuck. So she's stolen the identity of a police officer. Yeah. Or an officer of the law of some kind. Getting picked up by Art uh, also saves her from whatever is happening with the car, the strange car flashing its brights at her. Yeah. But she of, still, yeah, she yeah. still has no idea what that was about, but it's another wrinkle. Yeah. They try to, they basically say, like, are you ready? Just stick to your story and it'll be fine. Go in and make your statement. Yeah. And they open a door and it's like a conference room. There's a bunch of very official looking people and recording equipment. It's clearly some kind of hearing or deposition. I don't know the official term. She's panicking like any of us would in that situation. Like this has just gone, this little spot of identity theft has just gone from zero to 60 in no time. So she excuses herself to the bathroom. Goes to the bathroom, calls Felix and is like, fuck, 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 fuck. Felix, I'm a cop, abort. Yeah, and he, she's trying to get him to not go report her dead. Oh yeah, I think she's doing that while it's like too late. He's already in the morgue. Uh, so with the, with Vic, past the point of no return. A, a lot of this is moving really fast. Yeah, yeah. Threaded over each other, uh, and then she's like searching for a way out. And again, her, it's like she's the worst Jason Bourne ever. Like the <laughs> yeah. the the Jason Bourne movies are all about someone who's in ordinary rooms and can like make a weapon out of a, a spatula, or, or and six walnuts, or something. Turn their outfit and like a paper toilet seat cover into a convincing like like old lady costume so yeah. she can hobble out the door and like no one will notice she's like the worst version <laughs> of that so she's in the bathroom and she's like shit 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 and then she grabs the soap dispenser and just starts chugging it yeah oh my god <laughs> which she takes like one sip makes a face and then's like well here we go and just chugs it down which i gotta say i did go you know for someone who's not a master of disguise or macgyver probably your best bet. Make yourself sick. Only way to get out of a situation like that. Make yourself physically ill in a way that nobody can go like, you're faking it. Oh, I, I yeah. have a fever. You know, so she then walks into the room, sits down, looking very squirrely, and they begin, you know, the proceedings. with the proceedings. And they basically say, this is official statement of Detective Elizabeth Childs regarding the civilian shooting in like, about a year ago, yeah, they say, the date or something. And it's like, you can see her going like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. Uh, and they're like, all right, begin, please, with stating your name. And she's just staring at them. And everyone's kind of looking at each other like, this is not supposed to be the hard part. Yeah. And then she's like, huh, huh, <laughs> Spews pink chunks all over the table. Which, again, this is like the worst thing. Like, yeah. If you... Drank a bunch of hand soap from a bathroom and then you threw up. Wouldn't people like smell the hand soap? Like, like wouldn't it be like very obvious that you had? Uh, yeah. I mean, possibly. I'm I, I'm not trying to to diss on Sarah. I want Sarah to succeed. I'm all about it's Sarah's just... everywhere succeeding. Yeah. But like, <laughs> thank you. We appreciate your support. She is not good at this cloak and dagger shit. Oh, wait. Shit. Hold on. Do we know if she's a Sarah with an H or not yet? I don't know if I should actually throw down with her. Oh, yeah. She might be on the other team. She's an incomplete Sarah. She's <laughs> anathema to us. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I think it was in the, the Netflix uh, synopsis. She is an H Sarah. Okay, we're good. We're good. Okay. We're safe. Okay. We're on the same team. The thing that distracted me, been that not distracted me, it didn't actually bother me, but the thing that, mo- that moment that made me go, another sign that she's not that good at her 
at, at, at lying, is she doesn't play up the, I, when she feels it coming, she doesn't go, I, I'm sorry, I think I'm, I'm gonna, uh, and then she just looks at everyone like, waiting, like, come on, stomach, do your thing, come on, hand soap, and yeah. then, Bleh. and then she looks at everyone like, sorry, yeah. she doesn't say that, but she kind of looks like, oops, and I'm like, uh, play up the being sick part, like, yeah. Play up that you may, in fact, be ill. It's not just nerves. Yeah. Anyway, uh, she doesn't. She just goes like, well, I vomited. Does that get me out of this? Are we done? The next scene is her with Art waiting in, like, a doctor's waiting room, but not in a hospital. Further proof that she did not effectively play up being physically ill. Yeah. Just that she it was nerves. She's clearly waiting for a psychiatrist. Yes. And they have this little exchange, her and Art, that... that it's the first time he's kind of being soft with her. He was very, very rough with her in the first scene to make you almost think, like, maybe he's got some sway over her. He's got some control yeah. over her. And this is the first scene where he's kind of like... Yeah, you haven't called me dipshit all day. Yeah. And she's like, well, thanks a lot, dipshit, or something yeah. like that. You know, they get, like, a have a moment that's like, oh, they, he clearly actually does care about her. He's worried about her because shit has been bad for the last year and she probably has been behaving erratically given that the real Elizabeth was about to commit suicide. Right. So she was clearly troubled. Yeah. Um, so at least uh, her behaving erratically as a person who is faking someone else kind of goes along with this woman has already been acting very weird. Uh, that certainly helps her deception. But this is the first moment we get like, oh, they might have actually been sort of close and fond of each other. She then goes in to see the psychiatrist who clearly has been treating her for mm -hmm. a while. So once again, she finds herself face to face with someone who really knows Beth. The worst case scenario for some when you're trying to, I imagine when you're trying to fake being someone that you're not. And the woman's like asking her like, we need to talk about, you know, what happened. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I don't, I don't know. It's a, I just, um, I just, I don't know. I just panicked, uh, blah, blah, blah. It's like, I don't, I just, I haven't been feeling well. I think I need like some leave. And the, the psychiatrist is like, you're on suspension. And she's like, oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> but at least she doesn't go, right, yeah, of course I am. I knew Which, that. <laughs> with, with all of the, like, digging around at Beth's house of, like, finding the home movies, like, looking at the calendar, shit on the fridge, like, how did she not find, like, a badge or a gun or a, any, like, cop shit? Good like, point. If this is, if she this finds no in, evidence. Like, a, a, an IA hearing situation where she's got to, like, do a deposition about accidentally killing a civilian, don't you think that she would have paperwork related to said situation around her home? She might have, though, and, like, Sarah was looking for very specific... She was looking for bank statements. She was looking right. for money-related things. She could have been dumb enough that she kind of glossed that. over anything yeah. else. Who knows? Um, it is a little weird that... There, what, there were no photos of her, like, in her... Uniform or something. Uniform or days. Like her or police academy graduation. I don't know. It's yeah. just, like, the There's kind of... There's nothing, clearly, that hinted at her being a cop because they wanted to save that reveal. Yeah. Mm. But, uh, at any rate, she then... She manages to bluff her way out of the can psychiatrist's we, Can we office. make another appointment for yeah. another day? I just, I really don't feel well. And manages to get out of that situation. Goes home and back to... Back to Beth's house. Yeah. And is like hanging out in her underpants, like drinking a beer and just being like, fuck this day. Yeah. She clearly just took a shower. Yeah. She is obviously wearing one of her own t-shirts, like a clash t-shirt. Yeah. Cut off sleeves and everything and underwear. And then Paul walks in. The boyfriend or fiance or whatever. 
yeah. uh, who is supposed to be out of town until the weekend. So he she w- hears she hears him opening the door and it's like fuck 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 and again, she she kind of does a little walk around the she's like the closet kind of like uh, what do I do? Does nothing. Yeah. Doesn't take off the Clash T-shirt. Doesn't try to uh, nothing. Right. So he comes in, sees her, and is like. How did it go today? I know today was messed up for you. Like, yeah. you know, he's concerned in a and very caring partner kind of way. Yeah. To the to the level that he doesn't notice all the weirdness about her as, like, it doesn't trouble him nearly as much as I think it should because yeah. clearly he's been dealing with someone who's been, had erratic behavior for the yeah. last year as well. I mean, well. he doesn't immediately go, The Clash? And she's like, yeah, The, the Clash Rock. And he goes, yeah, but you don't. Yeah, you're not into that. Yeah. And she's like, Ugh. he does notice, he starts to notice more and more things as they talk. I mean, she's like, oh, right. I, I thought you weren't coming back to the weekend. He's like, well, I wanted to be here for you. Yeah, I guess what what I'm pointing out, though, is just like, he does not, like, she makes like six or seven serious blunders. Mm-hmm. And he just is like, you're, you're behaving weird, but there's no possibility in his manner that he thinks she might be another one of the OBs. Well, he clearly doesn't know about it. Yeah. I think that was pretty obvious. Right. He doesn't know anything about that. And I think that's the thing, is that when you look identical like that, yeah. no one is going to go, wait a minute, are you somebody different? Like, they're, they're going to be, why are you acting so strange? Yeah. That is what a normal person does when someone they know acts really, really weird. Which is... Nobody's brain is going to go, wait, are you some kind of secret twin or clone, you know? That's not where people go. Right. But he clearly is starting to go. He says, like, what happened to your hair? And she does, uh, we see when she's doing her little Elizabeth transformation, she dyes her hair. Because she's got, uh, they both have dark hair, but she's got, like, bleach streaks. Yeah. So she, like, dyes it dark. Um, kind of style. She's got, like, an undercut. Yeah. And she kind of styles the hair down because it's long, so it covers her undercut. So no one will see. She's got this punk rock haircut or whatever. But he goes, what's with your hair? And she goes, oh, yeah, I cut it. And he goes, it's longer. And she goes, it's just wet. <laughs> Again, kind of, someone, if someone said to you, your hair looks longer, you go, what? That's weird. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's wet. You wouldn't say, uh, it's just wet. That's definitely someone covering up talking. Yeah. But it's in that moment that he says something like, why are you acting so weird? He's clearly trying to get yeah. to the point of, this is too much weirdness. I... And she deflects the situation by fucking him. Yeah. Like, jumping his bones. Yeah. Which I think he's immediately receptive to. He's like, whoa, 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 what the yeah. hell? Which we find out, he mentions later, like, where was that action for the last two years? So yeah. clearly their sex life has not been uh, normal or to his satisfaction for the last couple of years. Yeah. I think I, I pointed out that, like, he doesn't suspect any, like, orphan black business. Yeah. Because it that... The way that that scene played out, it made it clear to me as an audience member that whatever nonsense is going on with the, a lot of a ladiness... Yeah, he's not a part of it. He's not a part of it. Yes. And, like, nobody in... Like, nobody is knowingly a part of it. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. It's not like these are people who are surrounded by everybody knows except for you kind of sh- shit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and that, that is actually a really good point. I didn't even think about it because yeah. I think I assumed he wouldn't be a part of it, but that is them establishing he doesn't know. Yeah. But I forgot we skipped this part where, I mean, our first hint that Beth may know about this more than Sarah, the reason that they would be uh, uh-huh. doubles. Why Sarah Why Sarah is surprised and Beth is not. Our first se- sign is that first scene when she doesn't look surprised to see Sarah. 
But then when Sarah first goes to the bank to put the rush order on the money, she, goes she opens the wallet and like pulls out a key and is sort of looking at it and like, wonder what this is. And the guy goes, oh, did you want to get into your safety deposit box? Yes. Finally, a stroke of luck. And she goes, that would be great. So she gets the safety deposit box and all that is in it is Beth's birth certificate and two other birth certificates for two other women with totally different names. Yeah. Uh, and two of which look uh, similar, so presumably both Canadian. And then one then the is from third Germany. one is from Germany. And the name is uh, Katja. Katja Obinger or something yeah. like that. So she thinks, she's looking at it kind of like, what the fuck is all this? But she folds it up and takes it with her. Yeah. That's our, our, our second sign that clearly Beth is already involved in this situation that Sarah is just finding out about. Yes. And it, uh, I guess that's, it's just kind of like an important detail of the world building that uh, uh, Paul is not in on it. At least not, we don't get any inkling that he's in on it. He seems just confused by odd behavior in his partner, not yeah. like, oh shit, it's another OB. Yeah. Which is just kind of like, it's, it, it's, it's le- like the, whatever web is making this happen is something on a much higher level than just like the immediate characters surrounding our orphans black yeah. in their immediate sure. vicinities. Uh, so they have the, uh, they have the sassy no-nos and, uh, she then tries to sneak away yeah. in the morning or when she wakes up or whatever, uh, and packs a bag, which she was already trying to do yeah. to get away, uh, when he showed up. Um, she, you know, packs a bag, mm-hmm. trying to, you know... She's going to go... She keeps saying, I'm going to go to the gym. Yeah, she's like, oh, I... The I, gym bag. I got up to go to the gym. She's immediately back to, like, he's... He just rolls up naked and starts, like, smooching out. He's like, where have you been hiding that action for the last two years? And she's like, oh, can I go? Like, oh, I, I, I got up for the gym. And he's kind of like, oh, back to this, right? Which, this show... Not just like I feel like a lot of shows on their pilot will will ha- have an excuse for the lead female to be in her underwear to have like some kind of male gaze like you know mm-hmm. you put a a flash of that in the trailer or whatever. Mm-hmm. There is some like there is some gratuitous man ass in this show. Oh yeah, we see it's him great. head to toe from the side and from the back. And he just he just has his uh his his downstage leg raised just enough mm-hmm. against her backside that mm-hmm. you don't see any uh any of the fun bits, but. It's still like, that is a naked man standing yep. there. A whole naked man. Not just a little naked. Not that classic, people have just had sex and they get out of bed and they're already wearing underwear for some reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But And we see we do see her like in her, you know, um, uh, Clash t-shirt and underwear. But it feels a lot more like she's just sort of rolling around the house trying to figure yeah. out what to do with herself. And less like, she's not wearing a bra and like arching her back and yeah. everything. It's not, it's much less sexualized than his moment. I didn't actually think about that, but like, very good point. So I appreciate that. She's leaving and she's like trying to take his car keys and he's like, just take your car. And she's oh like, Oh God, another example of Sarah being a bad liar. She you, says, Oh, hey, um, are you using your car today? And he's like, uh, why? And she goes, oh, I was wondering if I could borrow it. And he's like, you have your own car, which she mentioned at some point to Felix, like, didn't find any car keys yet, so I don't know if she has a car right. or something. She must have a car in this city, but I haven't found one. So he goes, you have your own car. And she goes, I can't find my keys. And he's like, did you look in the thing where they always are? And she kind of stares at him blankly instead of going, yeah, it was weird. They weren't there. She goes, yeah, of course I looked in the thing where they always are. I'm clearly just repeating what you said back to me and have no idea what it means. Yeah. I'm clearly lying. 
He just kind of squints at her, reaches over to the side table where there's just like a decorative box, opens it up, pulls keys. out her car keys and hands it to her, and she's like, oh, huh. Uh, uh, I got a shrugs and takes it and gets out the door. Again, he's clearly still just like, he, yeah, that is definitely, I, I would say, the last moment where if he was even vaguely aware that something weird was going on, that would have been the moment where he's like, okay, what the fuck? She then... Oh, although I had an intense moment of anxiety. I gotta say, this show had a lot of anxiety moments that then didn't happen. It was like when you're waiting for a jump scare and then there's no jump. Yeah. Where when she's like jumping him and she's like right here in the kitchen and she starts taking her clothes off gets on top of him and then pulls off her shirt, which, like, she kind of could have gotten away with not doing. You can have sex without your shirt coming off. When she does that, I'm like, oh, no, the next words out of his mouth are going to be like, where's your tattoo? Or where did that pier? When did you get your nipples pierced? Or something right. like that. I was like, oh, no. And then it wasn't. It was just yeah. a moment of, like, her face looking like, I can't believe I am fucking some dude I've never met to, to cover up this. Right. This is another level of this con I did not expect to have to go to. Um, and I was like, oh, thank God. But I think they knew that. I think they knew yeah. you were going to go, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. Okay, it's fine. So she she heads out of the house, gets finds her car. Doop, doop. Yeah, it's conveniently like there's that. Otherwise, a nice, like, BMW, yeah. Audi. Before something, the Duke the Duke uh, technology, she would have been hard-pressed to yeah. figure out which car was hers. Although so she, it was parked right next to So she house. drives off, and then we see that Art has been staking out her place, and he, he follows, follows her. her. Mm-hmm. Uh, she goes to the bank, picks up the cash, just puts it in her purse. We, like, again, bad liar. The guy's like, well, all right, here's your cash. Thank you, you know, uh, thanks for your business or whatever. And she's like grinning and like putting the cash in the back kind of quickly with that look on her face. Like, I can't believe I just got 75 fucking grand. Yeah. She's barely hiding her yeah. glee. And the guy's clearly like, oh, he's excited. And then, um, she's like, good luck with your next run or whatever. And just like, psh. Pieces. Gets the, yeah, gets the hell out. So she goes to Felix's place because she's like, she's got the money and it's like, Felix, get right, in the car. Yeah. We'll go get uh, Kira, Kira and we'll go we'll just bounce. peace out, start yeah. a new life. You'll leave your beautiful, immaculately decorated apartment, surely. So she goes to Felix's place and there's, he's not there because in the meantime, after seeing the body, right, we all that, this, but Vic has gone out, gotten drunk and is distraught, yeah. goes to Felix's <laughs> and is like, like I didn't know where else to go. The, like, yesterday he was yeah. threatening to kick the shit out of this guy. Now he's like, you're my best friend. Yeah. And he's like, we need to do a thing. We have we to need have, to have a, a, a funeral. Yeah. We need to have, you know. So f they've organized like a little memorial thing. And yeah. So, like Felix is clearly trying to rein in. Yeah. Shut up, Vic, but also rein him in. He can't just say no, nothing, yeah. which is what Sarah wanted. Yeah. And, but he's like, okay, just to, how about a wake? There you go. We'll go get drunk. We'll just have some drinks at the bar and we'll talk about Sarah. Perfect. And he's like, tonight. And Vic's like, no, it can't be tonight. I gotta, I gotta call. Starts listing off names yeah. and feels like, nope, nope. Just locals. Very small. Intimate. It'll be intimate. Yeah. So he's trying to manage the situation, but. Which leads to uh, Sarah having the incredibly surreal experience of watching a bunch of people memorialize her. From like the other side of the river, and it's yeah, they're like on a, I don't want to say a beach. That seems like a glorified term for yeah. They're beside a river, and they've got like a, a bonfire, a small bonfire, yeah. and Vic is reading something very stilted about how great Sarah was and how amazing. And there's just like a bunch of he's like cradling an urn. Yeah, 
And there's like a bunch of, because they they did get the ashes of the cremated body. Yeah, they from they you know he authorized yeah. Felix as the only person who would claim the body uh, authorized for it to be cremated. Yeah. Which is always what you do when you're trying to hide any shenanigans. Yeah. And like all the attendees are just kind of like other weird punk, History weird hipster sort of sketchy burnout. people. Yeah. yeah. Bunch of skids. Sarah's watching the funeral. She, With binoculars yeah. across it's the like river. classic. Again, it's like a lot of this is like the dumbest possible version of like a classic Hitchcockian spy thriller. Mm-hmm. Like, like, you know, the everyman kind of North by Northwest or, uh, you know, the man who knew too much or whatever kind of stuff. But it's just like everybody involved is like the dumbest version of the people involved. So it's so, like the man who knew too little. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like in this, just kind of like it, it feel it ends up feeling very real because no one is there's no like hyper competent person. You know, Felix isn't like we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, and this is the con, and make sure you change your yeah. hair. And no, it's just yeah. kind of like nobody knows what they're doing, and for the most part, things do not go right yeah. for them. Which a lot of times in those you know action movies. It's half luck yes. and half competence. Everything just goes right, unless it needs to go wrong for the plot, right? So, so Sarah calls Felix for some reason. on his cell phone, which he answers at the wake. Like, and then just, t- he's talking to her, like, openly. He's not like, I can't talk right now. I'm at Sarah's wake. He just starts, like, kind of, oh, <laughs> hey, I know, right? Like, Vic, he's acting ridiculous. He's, like, walking, weaving through the crowd and yeah. making snide, sassy comments about the people who are there. it's not like there are, like, 200 people there and you could kind of, like, meander through the crowd. It's like there are, like, 10 people around yeah. a, a barrel with burning trash in it. Yeah. It's very, like, outskirts, industrial outskirts of a Canadian sure. city set. Like, if you've seen X-Files or Lost Girl <laughs> or freaking yeah. Stargate SG-1, you've seen, seen this... Probably the same little abandoned lot in somewhere Canada. Yeah. And then, like, shit goes bananas. Immediately. Because Sarah pauses her snide comments about the people who showed up to her wake to notice with her binoculars that a car has just pulled up and she recognizes the car and she's like, oh no, oh no, Felix, Felix looks and sees it too, puts the phone down to go to the car, and then we see all this through the binoculars, so we can't hear what's happening. We see it through Sarah's eyes. She's, like, trying to still talk to Felix, even though he's put the phone down. She's like, Felix, no, she can't know I'm dead. And we realize this must be Mrs. S. And then Kira gets out of the car. We see a little girl get out of the car, and she's like, no, 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 no. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And she said at one point to Felix, like, the whole point was supposed to be that nobody would notice if I was dead. This was supposed to be no wake no funeral no nothing and he he honestly is just like eh, whatever he kind of blows it off he doesn't go look i had to manage vic he was freaking out i had to do something to shut him up but he just is kind of like eh, whatever until everything goes wrong when mrs s shows up which i call shenanigans on mrs s showing up with kira well of <laughs> of anybody in the show who could perhaps be in on the whatever shenanigans are going on in the the, the big overarching whatever the Mrs. S, who's being invoked, I know she's looks too young to be the foster mom or whatever, but like, she seems to have some sort of authority figure connection to just the way they keep invoking her by the initial. Yeah, I guess I just didn't read that. It read to me just like she was some neighbor or something that she dropped her kid with for an overnight and then fucked off. Like, I definitely didn't. I didn't read whatever it is you're picking up on. I mean, it remains to be seen in the rest of the show if that comes out so they 
So that's happening. Yeah. And Sarah's sitting in her car or she gets into her car as it's happening. And she she's goes like, back to her car. And she's like, fuck, 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 fuck. This is the worst. And then the back door of the car opens <laughs> and a woman, another woman jumps in who is just looks just like her. Yeah. So this but is, with, well, I, I didn't immediately recognize it as the same actress. I think I just kind of assumed it would be. Yeah. But she's got short magenta hair and she's wearing like a big, like furry white coat. She, she looks like a Luke Besson character from the 90s. Yes. And she has a German accent and she's going, Beth, where have you been? You know, I can't do a German accent. Beth, where have you been? I can, only do, I can only do a cartoon uh, Nazi scientist uh, accent. Sorry. Uh, she's going like, Beth, where have you been? And she's saying all of this cryptic stuff. And Sarah is not, she's not a good liar at the best of times, right? And she is not dealing with it. She's not even trying to lie now because she's just, the plan has just been completely ruined. Yeah. Because for, as far as she knows, now both Mrs. S and Kira know that she's dead. So she's, her whole plan has been fucked. So when, you know, uh, Katya is, yes. is asking all these questions and she's going like, where, what, you know, what's going on? I kept trying to call you when... I was it, outside your house. I was, I was flashing my lights at you. And she's like, oh, you were the one in the dark car flashing your lights. And she goes, yeah, I saw your, your cop friend. He's been following you. Because she saw Art actually while, um, I think while Sarah slash Beth was in the bank, Art uh, pops open no, her car. It was after the bank. Because the she bank. has the cash. Oh, that's right. She has the she cash. She puts the cash in the trunk. She tries to go up to grab Felix. He's not there. That's when Art looks she in her car, the finds the cash. cash. That's what's insane to me. She's got a bag full of 75 grand and she leaves it in the trunk of this car. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust it. You know, I would take it with me. But yeah. uh, I, I don't even leave my ukulele in a car unattended. You know what I'm saying? And it does not cost 75 grand. Uh, but, yeah. So she puts it, together that Katya is the one who's been following her. Katya yeah. says she's like, that I'm, Art's been following me, you. Katya. Yeah. And she goes, yeah, you're the German one. Like, she's not even trying to pretend to be Beth at that point. And then Katya's like, oh, fuck, you're not... Yeah. Beth, well, she says a bunch of stuff one. like, like, I need, I want to meet your scientist friend. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this, Beth? Like, you're a, you're a police. We need you. Yeah. So she gives us more information than we've had thus far, but still not very much. And then she's the one who finally goes, she says something cryptic. Uh, she says the orphan black equivalent of two by two hands of blue, basically. Yeah. She goes, I am something, but I am one. What am I? It sounds like a yeah. riddle. And it's Sarah like clearly supposed to be her. like a, a verbal confirmation yeah. code yeah. kind of thing. That I like your to... I like your shoelaces. Thanks, Obama bought them for me. Yeah, exactly. Are you familiar with that? <laughs> I'll tell you about it later. Okay. Anyway, the point is, it's, it's one a, of those. It's one of those. When does the uh, narwhal bacon? Or yeah, whatever, that kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> and that she's the one who finally looks at her and goes, "You're not Beth." She's the only one who figures it out. At arguably, she's the person who knows Beth the least of anyone yeah. she's interacted with. But she's the only one who knows that there's a possibility of this person who looks exactly like Beth not being Beth. I thought that was kind of a nice moment. Yeah. And she's the only one who finally goes, wait, you're clearly someone else. And then... Before Sarah can even respond to that. Yeah. A, 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 a sniper rifle, like, shoot somebody, yeah. sniper, shoots Katya. Yeah, she's dead. And uh, Sarah's like, fuck, like, starts the car, peels out, drives yeah. away. Well, but right before that, um, uh, the phone a phone rings. Sarah looks in the back seat and sees an identical burner phone with a neon pink case yeah. ringing in Katya's dead hand. Then another shot. She ducks down, and then her pink phone starts ringing. Right. Like, anyway, yeah. So she she manages to peel out of there. There's a couple more shots, but she manages to get out without being shot. 
And that's the end of the episode. Did does it, does she answer the phone? Oh, that's right. As she's driving away, that's when the pink. She finally gets away, and the the shots stop, and she's like, "Fuck!" That's when the phone rings, and she finally picks it up and kind of stares at it, screws up her courage, and answers and says, "Hello." Episode over. Credits. Yeah. Well then, let's move on to our first segment. Where did the money go? Well, I think Art took it. In this segment. We sort of discuss what we think the show spent its production budget on. Yes. And as evidenced by the fact that, or at least in keeping with the fact that we, we both uh, feel this was definitely not a pilot in the sense of a, 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 an episode to pitch the show to a network, uh, this is very consistent style-wise. doesn't feel like they were, feels like they knew exactly what they were about. Yes. There's, there's, and there's not even any, it's, it's another one of those shows where the budget is spread very evenly. Yeah. Like there's no big set piece. They didn't like flip over a car or like blow up a small building or something. There's just like, yeah. just a bunch of like tight paced thriller. Yeah. Stuff. No, and no crazy sci-fi stuff. I was expecting the show to be a little more sci-fi than it mm-hmm. is. Presumably the answer to why are there a bunch of a lady will end up being a science fictional type answer. Yes. Uh, which I'm I'm guessing clones right now. I'm throwing my money down on clones because they address that uh, all the birth certificates for the three, they say, are all within a month of Sarah's birthday. So yes. they're not all born on the same day, so not uh, quadruplets or whatever. Um, but we don't see any other sci-fi stuff. This isn't set in the future as far as we can tell. Yeah, there's no, like, flying cars or, or space elevators. Or, or even, like, like slightly too high-tech phones or cars or home security or anything. The kind of, like, low-key stuff do, people do when they're not trying to do yeah, full-on like, flying cars style. They not just, even trying to be a near-future sci-fi. It's yeah. just... The looper style. Like, like there's, like, okay, so there's some, like, wheelless motorcycles and, like, uh, the phones are... Uh, fold right. into quarters, but other than that, it's like the the high techness is relatively low. Yes, can't remember where I was going with that. Oh, the money. So, so it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's spread evenly. Um, I I want to say probably Felix's apartment. That was that was a great set. <laughs> so, yeah, um, it was pretty well produced in yeah. terms of st- spreading that budget around. Yeah. So I think we can move on to our next segment. This segment is where we discuss both our predictions in general for the show, but in particular for the first season cliffhanger, and also any ships, i.e. relationships that we hope to see happen in a romantical way or just develop uh, in an, any other way that we fancy. Um, n- nothing really in terms of, uh, I feel like, ships here. Uh, I guess you could ship Sarah and Art if you wanted to. I, I mean, I kind of want, like... About all, of the, all that's really offered. I want, like, Vic and Paul to connect and then have <laughs> to go on a madcap, like, buddy cop road trip oh, movie. Oh, Lord. As they try to discover what's happened. <laughs> to the women that they love. Yeah. And then they bond over and, that. You know, Vic learns not to be a piece of shit, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but, like... And Paul finally gets the, the deep digging he's clearly been... Yeah. Missing over the last yeah, two years? exactly. Pardon like, me. I did not mean to be so crude. No, but, I mean, we did see a lot of 
Paul's ass. Yeah, that's true. And it was a it was a very like uh, uh, waxed ass. Like it was. He, he was sculpted. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's let's say that. Yeah. He was, he was very well. That uh, was that skated. was the body of someone who is uh, was probably prepared for a nude scene before this episode suggested that it might be an option. Yeah. This guy was like, I've I've been quite prepared for that eventuality. Thank you. So. Uh, yeah, but, like the unlike a lot of shows that seem interested in establishing an ongoing status quo of like these are the characters they yeah. will be bumping into each other. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if half of these people never show up again. Yeah, it feels like probably Felix will remain a main character. Seems like. Yeah. But I honestly wouldn't be surprised if we never see Paul again. Yeah. Or Vic. I feel like either Paul or Vic could easily, or both could easily end up not not showing up again. I feel like we're not done with Art, just because we don't even know if Art took the money or not. Yeah. I'm guessing he didn't. He was just kind of checking it out, but he didn't want her to know that he'd been, he was on to her, so he wouldn't take it. We don't know that for sure yet. But, like... I feel like he would well, take the money if he's worried she's a flight risk. So, the, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It, yeah. It could but go either way. It's, it, yeah. It's he could have taken the money because he thought he was a flight risk. He could have... Flight risk. He could have left the money because he doesn't want her to know he's following her. But yeah, we don't know either way. So I feel like Art is definitely coming back because we don't. We still don't know exactly. Yeah. We also don't know the extent to which he's involved in this civilian shooting. Because I feel like that's not going to turn out to just be a coincidence. No. That's going to turn out to be part of. Because they basically imply it was like it was like an elderly woman, uh, civilian, like a yeah. like a shopkeeper or something and the and, and she pulled out a cell phone and Beth thought it was a gun and shot her like that's the story right right but they keep saying like stick with your story I wanted to go over it with you again kind yeah. of implies maybe they're not on the up and up with what this what the story was so we don't even know if art knows about the the whole OB situation I I also get the feeling that we're going to get a couple more like lead character main characters mm-hmm as the series goes on, like, there's going to end up being, like, Team OB, well, which is, like, they'll the, get, like, a cool hacker friend and, yeah. like, a... Well, I, I, the actor I mentioned who was also on Comedy Bang Bang with right. Tatiana Maslany, Christian Brune, he's not in the pilot. So, I know he's a major character at some point, but it might not be till the second or third season. I have no idea. I don't have a sense of when that episode of, of Comedy Bang Bang aired. So, this guy's clearly a main character, but... He's not there initially. Right. So he's coming at some point. So Could be in the second episode. Could be in the second season. In terms of like ships, I guess the only one I really have is like... I, I feel like maybe like two of the OBs might meet and be like... Hey, the what were you had all of the like... I can't, what are all I those? can't take credit for them. These are from Crack. But <clears throat> the clone bone. Mirabation. 66ing. The big autoerotic enchilada. Twins with benefits. I'm probably missing at least one, but yeah, like I could see some of that happening. Also, because like this show clearly does not have like weird hangups with like gayness or like male nudity or like you know, it's just, yeah. it seems like pretty progressive in terms of how they, it treats. They put they they, they slap their progressiveness on the table. Yes. The first episode, like, look, we're not going to be weird about some of this stuff. We're not going to go for some of the easy stuff. But. The, but other than that, there's no, like, pairing of anybody in this first episode that I'm like, this. Yeah. These two. Yeah, definitely not, unfortunately. Although I'm looking forward to Felix flirting with a new person in every episode. I feel like we're, I want, what I want, anyway, what I want to happen is that they get in more scrapes where they have to, like, lie or cheat or make up things. And it's always a bit, like, slapdash. 
And it, Felix is the one who goes like, mm-hmm. Can I change your mind? Instead of it be always being Sarah right, doing that. Right. We get to see each of them do a little bit of that. Although Felix doesn't actually accomplish anything by flirting with the morgue attendant. That's just for fun. He doesn't actually get any info out of the guy right. that way. Uh, but I was like, I that gave me the hint of like, oh, I want him to be the one who's like, oh gosh, I seem to have lost my key. <laughs> I want him to be the one who does that. That's that. That's my prediction. In terms of the first season. Yeah, cliffs. Yeah. I, f- I actually now, I feel like potentially we won't even find out what the the OB situation, what are the orphans black. We might not even get a real hint about that until the end of the first season. Yeah, I feel like the end of the first season is something where it's like shit keeps going down and she's chasing something and she learns the name of a sinister corporation. And then end of the first season, she walks into a room and there's like, like, we've, we've maybe encountered one new, or a couple new of her, like, maybe four or five of her total over the first yeah. season. We've already got three. And then she walks into a room, and there's, like, 12 of her in there. And they're like, welcome to the Council of Ricks. I mean, the Council of OBs. And it's Can't like... Welcome to the Council of Orphans. Yes. Black black ones, in a way. The, We're the, all white, but you know what I mean. The Orphans Black Council of, of Orphanage. Welcome yeah. to the Orphanage. Yeah. Welcome to the orphanage, Ms. Whatever your last yeah. name is, Sarah Person. We, you, the, we're the orphans. I, yeah, it's, I feel like it's either going to be that or it's going to be one of those things where it's almost like this weird anthology series where we get a different orphan. Every, and their story. Yeah. Yeah. We know the name of one other orphan at this point because there were three birth certificates right. in the box. We already, we've met Katya and she's dead. Um, assuming that the orphans cannot come back from the dead, since Beth didn't, we're going to assume Katja's out of the picture. Uh, we know one other one. And so my, what I'm wondering is, are we going to meet this other one right away, and she's going to be a part of the whole season? Mm -hmm. Or is the whole first season going to be about finding that other one? Right. The whole first season could be just finding that one other one whose name I can't remember now. And they don't even, then they team up to find the orphanage or whatever it ends up being called, the place where the things happened. Or again, you, you could get an entire, the next the episode building. could be an entire flashback of Katya's story leading up to the moment she dies in the car. Oh, I um, kind of hope that's the or, case because it seems like a bummer for them to make Katya so interesting and then right. kill her right away. Or we get a, a, a flashback of Beth's story as Beth kind of figures this out, finds the birth certificates, Ooh, da, da, da. yeah. Um, and then I almost wonder, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this out there just to like call this. Yeah. The, the, the old woman that got shot by Beth. Yeah. I almost, I, I, I just, I, I almost think it might be Tatiana in old lady makeup and it's like. They do say she was like an old Chinese woman. Do they say she was an old Chinese woman? I believe so. I heard old shopkeeper, but. I feel like they do mention that she was Asian. Okay. Maybe it's not Tatiana, but it. That yeah. she's the inciting incident that starts Beth on, like, the, that encounter starts yeah. Beth on this thing. Yeah. Oh, I, f- I feel like that is not going to end up being just background story for Beth. Yeah. That is going to be part of all of this. Which leads us into our next segment. What will this show be? I feel really like, don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's either going to be this, like, long-running madcap adventure of trying to find the other orphans black. Yeah. Or it might almost be like a kind of anthology show where we get the backstories on 
different orphans black that all start kind of feeding in together and meeting up in the same place. Yeah. God, I feel like it really could go either way and I don't have a strong feeling or even necessarily a preference of which one I want it to be. Like, it, it's, it feels just wide open. You know, a, a lot of shows don't, it, the pilot doesn't give you a sense of what right. the day-to-day vibe. I mean, Lost Girl is a perfect example. I I had absolutely no idea we're going to, oh, she's going to become a detective. I suppose, I've seen Angel, I should have seen that one coming. But there's no hint of that in uh, in the pilot. Yeah. And this, even though it's very different in tone from that show, it's, it definitely does not give you a hint. You know that there's going to be more of this mystery that you don't know. Although I would definitely guess this show is not going to have a day-to-day slug the way that a lot of shows do. We're not going to have a... Every episode, there's a mystery, a, right. a contained mystery to be solved. I actually would prefer that the show be one big story with yeah. new orphans arriving in it, as opposed to going out and like following new orphans as they head into the story. Just because I, I feel like this show could very, very easily have the same problem that Sense8 had. Where oh, Sense8, I haven't seen it. Sensei is eight different people from all over the world who get connected in this big sci-fi nonsense way. And each one of them in their own part of the world has exactly one friend and one antagonist. And Mm. it's not like their personal stories where they are out in the world are not very well defined or broadly interesting or like, I guess what I'm getting at is like this show is supposed to be this big, rich, global thing but the supporting casts around each of the the lead characters are not very diverse or rich or even like fleshed out. Mm, it's like you're mm. expected to believe that all these people have one friend. Yeah. And it's not like some of them have 30 friends and some of them are loners. It's like everybody has one friend who helps them and one person who fucks their shit up. And then in season two, a new person also arrives to help and a new antagonist comes to... And it's just right. like, it, it feels like a very small, very not rich world that's interesting actually because that is the first negative thing i've ever heard about sensei i've mainly just heard people gushing about it so but i can easily see how a show with a huge cast like that could run into that problem a huge cast that are all in different parts of the world yes they can't all be a part of the same thing and and with orphan black like if you have new people come if you have new orphans black coming in like katja was like she's german she had this whole thing like blah blah blah. it implies that this is global but you know, if we get a thing with Katya where she has a shitty boyfriend who is working for some drug dealer and a gay best friend, you know, it's just like, yeah, I want Katya's story and origin and everything to be wildly different mm-hmm. because already we've got Sarah and Beth wildly different people. Yeah. And I, I want, I want that to keep being wildly different. And I think it's easier to do that if you have new people arriving into the flow of the story with very different backstories. Yeah, for sure. Shall we move on to our... Our next segment. It's a... That guy. And I gotta say, I did not recognize anybody in this episode, I don't think. Yeah, I had no It's That Guys at all. I thought Art looked vaguely familiar, but I then thought, you know what, I'm pretty sure I'm just thinking of a different actor. He doesn't look quite familiar. I don't know. I guess, you know, this is one of those times when I didn't go look it up and go, I must find the answer to why this guy looks familiar. Because I guess I'm enough into this show that I was worried about looking up and finding spoilers. I mean, even looking up an actor and finding out how many episodes they were in can be a spoiler if the answer is one. Right. One episode. So 
I didn't look it up, but yeah, it's in a general sense, possibly because this is a Canadian production and not the same people who make Lost Girl and Under Earth, who use a lot of the same actors. Uh, I, yeah, didn't, uh, I didn't recognize anyone, did you? No, yeah. nobody. So that's it for this. Well, that was that, easy. It's that segment. All right, next segment is... I choose you. Who's your favorite character? I mean, my favorite character is Felix, just because it, it not not just because, like, Felix is fun and gets some fun, sassy moments, but also because Felix is a gay character in a show that I don't get the sense is going to be immediately fridged and also someone whose drama and world is not based around his gayness. It's, yeah. It's not like shit is happening to him because he's gay yeah. or he's having a harder time because he's gay. Yeah. Nobody seems to care. Yeah. But he's it's also not detail. hiding his gayness. His yeah. gayness isn't just a fact that is stated that you can tell because he swishes his hands around. It's it's pretty, it is made very obvious it's part of who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I would say in terms of characters that I really want to see more of, that I would love to get a TC fleshed out and really get a chance to like become a full person and have sort of all like be a part of the whole adventure. It's got to be Rockabilly Bob. <laughs> yeah, the same hair. Yeah. Still Rockabilly after all these years. You really have to kind of admire it. Sorry. He is one of the random burnouts at the uh the the wake. at the wake that uh, Felix and Sarah make fun of over the phone. Anyway, I I've been holding on to that joke ever since last night. Uh yeah, but honestly, Felix is kind of my favorite character, too. We just don't get that many characters, to be honest. Yeah. And uh, two of them die, so... There you go. Uh, yeah, so that uh, brings us to our... Final verdict. Is where we answer the question, did this pilot do the job of a pilot and make you want to watch more? I mean, that first part of that question? Yeah. No. Like, it did not do the job of a pilot in setting up a universe and stuff. It did make yeah. me want to watch more. Yeah. But, I gotta be honest, like, it made me want to watch more in the same, like, Netflix next episode autoplay like, bingey sort of way. You didn't give me the, you didn't give me the, the ending. You cut yeah. off the episode before it was actually over. I need more because my questions yeah. have not been answered. Rather than, oh, that was cool. I definitely want more of that in my life. Yeah, I, I was feeling how this question is a little bit flawed when I was thinking about how I would answer it on the podcast. Like, in this sense, I think we almost need to start making a distinction between what's a pilot and what's a first episode. Yeah. Which we've always sort of glossed over that. We've both been aware, folks, that there is actually a difference between a pilot and a first episode. Sometimes they are one and the same, sometimes they're not. Uh, in this case, I would definitely class this more as this is just the first episode. And I'm, uh, I'm so curious if this was ordered direct to series. I feel like it must have been. Be, just because of, like, there there is no establishment of any kind of status quo that we're going to be playing in, anything yeah. like that. It is the first act of a Hitchcock movie. Yeah, we're not given a sort of uh, elevator pitch of... Uh, to describe this show after, to someone after watching just the first episode, I mean, I had a hard time coming up with my one-sentence synopsis, like... You can't elevator pitch this. You're like, uh, there's a lady, she sees another lady. You have to actually explain the situation. And then stuff starts happening, and then we, I guess we're going to find out later. Like, there's, yeah, it's it's definitely, it's just giving you the taste. That was one of the things that kind of bugged me about it, that I specifically noted about it, was that you just, you don't get very much in the first episode. All that having been said, I am so sold on this. 
Yeah, I, I feel like, especially in terms of the quantifiers of, like, do you want more? Do you have questions that you want answered? Do you feel like the quality of the show, the production and the writing is going to deliver those answers that you want? All of those qualifiers, yeah, absolutely. The only thing that makes me think I might personally not watch more is that I increasingly do not have the energy to watch shows that make me anxious. Uh, that's just a personal thing, though. Yeah. I watch a lot of things that I'm like, this will be calming and relaxing and pleasant. I I feel like one of the things that has really endeared this to me already and what makes me want to watch more is that I feel like they are telling stories solidly within the budget and like ability level of whoever is making it. Yeah. You know, they're they're not trying to CGI space elevators into the background or, or have right. hologram adverts at the mall or anything. You know, there's it's just like it's it's set in the now. There's some sci-fi nonsense, but they're not trying to tell a bigger story than that. It's I, I don't yeah. feel like in episode two it's going to be like a nuclear device has been stolen and there are tanks rolling down Central Avenue yeah. or anything like that. The like prime minister stole my orphan. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's it's just like the prime minister is an orphan. Ooh. Black orphan person type lady thing, whatever. An OB. <laughs> yeah, one of those. Uh, uh, but and that makes me want to watch more. It's it's something like as much as I love watching old X Files episodes, it's so often where they're like, we have to cancel the nuclear strike, and you can tell that like they're like there's an imminent nuclear strike, but it's like two guys dressed as generals, obviously in like a soundstage version of a, a bunker and they like put like a, a computer or something on a table in the background. Like, it's just like, yeah. it doesn't, they're evoking something larger than what they can actually show with right. what they have access and to. And this also wasn't hinting, like uh, sometimes a pilot uh, uh, or a first episode will put some hints in the background to be like, this universe is bigger than you're seeing here. We just don't have the budget in the pilot yeah. to show all of it. But like, there'll be an ad in the background going, flights to Mars or whatever yeah. to be like there's there's space travel in this we're just not going to show it right now because we don't have the money but yeah there's none of that in this you don't get like background world building yeah. as far as we know this is present day Toronto and that that fact that it's it's even though it is like high stakes thriller you know north by northwest kind of stuff it still feels very grounded in the way that the, like the first Jason Bourne movie did that like this could actually be happening right now, and that actually yeah. makes me want to watch it. So it's a definite yes yeah. for me. Yeah, I'm definitely a, in terms of the quality of the show and it, aside from my own personal hangups, totally a yes. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pilot House. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pilot House Pod. Visit our website, pilothousepodcast.com, or email us at pilothousepodcast at gmail.com to suggest future shows. Our podcast is entirely listener-supported, so thanks to this week's special guest stars CJ, Jerome, and Rowan for supporting us on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash pilothouse to find out how you can become a series regular. Pilot House is a Harrymoon Society production. I, do you have any parting thoughts on the show, Sarah? I, I feel like we, we covered this really yeah, well. Yeah, pretty blazed, uh, pretty blazed through it. Those are words. I was pretty blazed through it. <laughs> oh, man. Wait. Hold on. What if all the other orphans are black? <laughs> and on that note. Bye! bye!